it's week 24 of the regular season, and it was not the best week that could have possibly happened by any means. But there was one or two bright spots in it. That was actually pretty generous, considering there were one or two bright spots. I was expecting, like, one. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, there may just be one. I think we'll just come across it along the way if there is a second one. But anyway, pretty bad. Uh, Yeah, dude, kind of sucked. Lost to Arizona. It was one of the worst losses of the year, and it made it three consecutive losses. The Cubs... Held in this game for a while. Uh, and went to extra innings. Jan Gomes almost hit a walk-off homer, but it was off the <coughs> top of the wall, and he got hosed at second base, and that sucked. Well, I didn't know that. I did not watch the game. I did not know that happened. Yeah. How close was it to going out? Uh, probably about a couple feet. Well, I'm going to die. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Because right after that, Nick Madrigal got a double down the line. Which probably would have scored Gomes to walk it off. If Gomes was safe at second, of course. (sighs) Yeah, and then... Mike Talkman came up and then worked a real good plate appearance and then grounded out to first base. And then Horner got out after that. And it went to extras. And the Cubs did what the Cubs do and died. Yeah, Palencia had a couple wild balls as usual, and one of them scored a run. Uh, he gave up another run, but I forget how. But naturally, in the bottom of the inning, the Cubs scored one run, and that was the only run they would score. And they had a fake rally. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's not like that has never. It's not like that happens literally every single goddamn time. Just sometimes I think it would actually be be easier on the mind if they would just lose without rallying. Like, they would just I lose. Because then you would never have these fake rallies where it's like, I don't know, just, just I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Just, it just seems like it would be easier. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree. Less stress. Yeah. yeah. But it'll never happen in our lifetimes, as we know. No, the Cubs will continue to be the Cubs. There will always be fake rallies. Always. When there are real rallies, for every real rally, like game one in Denver, there is like five fake rallies. So, yeah. But the Cubs did win game one in Denver, but we're not there yet. We are in pain. Yeah, so in the final game of the D-back series, the Cubs won that one 5-2. to two. They had a three-homer inning. 
Morell, Bellinger, and Swanson. And that inning propelled them to that 5-2 win. Uh, Hendricks pitched pretty well that day. 5.2 innings, two runs. And Merriweather got the save. Got sort of close at the end, but he eventually shut it down. And Cubs didn't get swept, so there's a bright spot, I guess. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's good. Sweep would have been disastrous, even though that this was the Cubs. This was at the time the Cubs' worst series since May, and then it wasn't because then the next series happened, and we became more depressed. <sighs> the next series was one of the series of all time. Just leave it at that. Uh, so the Cubs took game one, but prior to this game, the Cubs called up number one prospect in the system and top baseball, Pete Crow Armstrong, finally. Yes, finally. And he made an impact immediately with two web gems in his first game as a Cub. Yeah, his first start. He uh, did play in the first game, but just as a pinch runner and defensive substitution near the end. He did get thrown out at third, but, you know, at least he's being aggressive at the get-go. Yes, uh, I remember I was watching the – I was actually watching part of this game and I was watching the first inning when he made his catch and off the bat – when I forget who it was, guy hit the That's ball. The next game. We're on game it one. Is? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was we were talking about Pete Carr Armstrong, and I guess I got um, confused as to which game is which. Because the games all sucked, but the Cubs did win game one. They yeah. were leading, and then they turned a win into a loss into a win. So all right, Wick started this one. He got six innings of one run ball. Very nice. Yes. Uh, and Morrell hit a homer in this game. It went, I think this is a game he hit at 466 feet. Which, <coughs> my bad, <coughs> was the longest by a Cub since 2019. That's surprising. Yeah. It's interesting because he also hit a home run earlier this year in Minnesota. Yeah. It went into the second deck and it was opposite field homer and I thought yeah, I think that, that was one. I think how that far was... was that one? I wanna say it was between four sixty one and four sixty three. Well, it's pretty close. Yeah. I guess it just came down to those final few feet. Alright. You know what well, they still have up. not found out? Oh wait, actually they did. Remember that home run that Gal hit off Hayden Westneski? Oh, yeah. That, like, Skycast couldn't even track it. Apparently, it only went 422 feet. But there's no way. I don't right? Think I mean, he, landed. he hit that to the back of the second deck of bleachers. That's impossible. Uh, let's, I'm reading about it right now because I've remembered. Anyway, this isn't the point. Let's just get back to the game. I can't find it. 
Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, the Cubs did come back and win this one. Thanks to a ninth inning rally. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Jan Gomes, gas money, got a two-run single after a double stolen base from Swanson and Happ. And that put the Cubs up five to four. And Fulmer came in and or Smiley. Uh, his uh, first appearance back. off the injured list, no less. Yeah, and kind of got in a bit of trouble. And then Tommy Hadovy came out, had the mound visit. And, of course, after that, it's the game. So it got five to four. Yes. Um, Gomes continues to be, I would say, the most clutch of Blair this year. Right. I mean, who has had more clutch hits than him this year? Not anyone I could think of, but I think I saw a stat that said yes. a 170 WRC plus in high leverage situations. So, the Cubs took the first game, but these final two games were not very pretty. But the bright spot that we were mentioning, Pete Crow Armstrong made his first major league start and didn't do so great with the bat. But as we expected, he did tremendous with the glove. Which is what he's known for? Yes. In he's the known very... for being good. Right. In the very first inning, he made one of his plays. But it was like. Like I, I like it was so cool to see that happen. I was actually watching the game this time. I don't have a whole lot of time to watch games lately because I've been very busy with school. But um, I was watching the game, and off the bat, I, I believe it was the second out of the inning. And off the bat, right. I thought, "Oh, that's that's trouble." But then, it like I remembered, "Oh, but we have Pete Crow Armstrong in center," and so. Um, it was great because it was it was almost like here we go he's gonna catch it and he made this amazing catch but it was amazing because he almost did it casually it just looked right. so easy to him like any other outfielder would have had to have done like a leaping lunging jump sort of thing to to catch the ball and bring it back and he didn't have to do that he just, he just kind of glided over and just he left a little bit but it wasn't very dramatic it wasn't like Albert Elmore Jr. diving three times in Denver in 2019. It was very and that was super cool. It was a much harder play right. than it, it originally appeared. But. Yeah, because this ball had a 970 XBA, which for those of you almost guaranteed who don't know, yeah, that means basically 97% of the time it's a hit. And he and did it like, it yeah, but he didn't even like, like he took it away, but it was just, it almost didn't even. Like it just kind of looked like it was a deep out, made it look, and that wasn't even yeah. the way he. Right, right, right. Uh, but before that play, Seiya Suzuki hit another home run, which is good. That tied up the game in the sixth, yes. and then the lead got blown because Chris Bryant hit another home run. Surprise, surprise. Right, and then of course you know, uh, every post that night was about Chris Bryant hitting a home run against the Cubs, even though it's been like two years. Right. Can we please, please, just 
Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, yes. Rockies had the lead, but then I believe this was the sixth inning when, this, when the second catch happened. Yep. was also the second out of the inning. It was even way better than the first. Arguably. Yeah, no, no, oh, yeah. I mean, I thought this was doubly impressive because for this one, this was a ball in the gap. And it was in right center field. And Keith Armstrong, I think his sprint speed was about 30.2 feet per second. And anything over yeah. 30 is elite. Yeah, I think it was like 30.7 or something. And he had to do – I think that was the fastest there's been a Cubs runner this year. Uh, and he had okay, there we go. cover like – he had to cover like 98 feet in 4.9 seconds as well. Yeah, so. and um, but just the way it looked, too. I mean, he just made it look as smooth as silk. Mm-hmm. Just it, I can't even describe it. You just have to see it. Like, if you weren't watching the game, go back and watch the highlight because he's sprinting at top speed. He comes over, and he makes this sliding catch with, like, his glove is turned backwards – because he's left-handed, yeah. so he make and it's just it's he just slide. It's almost like Trey Turner sliding in a home plate. He slides and gets back up, and that's it. And it just looks so it cool. Look he made it look easy again. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he's he really going to be a generational fans. defender. Oh yeah, I he could probably be the best defender in team history. A hundred percent. I am a little bit worried because he makes all these leaping, lunging, diving catches. Like, I really hope, you know, his body stays intact. But then again, whenever he makes these plays, it really does not look like he's – it just – you know, you had Almora when he was in center field. He was a – he was a – like, he had talent to be a good defender. He never actually statistically was one. But um, – yeah, it's just, you know, he he was always lunging and leaping and diving and putting 100% effort into everything. And with Armstrong, it just kind of looks like he glides over and makes these catches. So, yeah, that's the best way to put it. He, it's just hard to put into words. It's, it's just, he's I've so never good. seen anyone like that. No, not at all. Like, I, I can't think of a center fielder that I've seen in my time watching baseball that made it look that smooth. It just looked so effortless, so seamless. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. Yeah. going to be great to watch over the next several years. Yeah, it is. It's just a glimpse of what we're going to get eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to be talking – I'm oh, yeah. sure there's going to be a lot more plays even on the next episode that we're going to be able to talk about. Yeah, this is yeah. just the beginning. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, yeah, the Cubs dropped that one. Sucked. It did. If they had caught, um, I mean, if not they caught, if they had simply won that game, it would have been perfect. Yeah. But, of course not. Because why would that happen to us? 
good things happening to the Cubs. That's never ever happened. It hasn't happened in six years. Uh, unbelievably, PCA got to start the next day too, even against a lefty. Uh, yeah, David really... Ross is actually making the good move. Imagine that. Yeah. And the Cubs dropped it because, of course, but he, PCA did make another pretty nice play in that game. Nothing as extreme as those last ones, but it was still nice. Uh, but, yes, Tyone started this one, and he did okay. But in the fifth inning, Ian Happ dropped the fly ball that should have been caught, and then the next batter hit a two-run homer to give him the lead because, of course, because, of course, <laughs> I like yeah. how that's literally everyone's reasoning for everything at this point. Yeah, man, just because, of course, nothing of course happened that. after that. Because, of course, you know what? If this was the Brewers, then you know they would have caught that ball. And even if something had happened after that, even if they had dropped it, they would have somehow taken the lead again on a three run error by the oh, third baseman that has yet good. to happen again. Oh, my god, not that again. In uh, basement. It's insane. Yeah. Hello? It, yeah. It, that's just the Brewer way. Anyways, so yeah. Sudden the. Was over, and they left the bases loaded in the eighth. Because of course they did, and and the course. Cubs had lost a series to the worst team in the National League. Because of course they did. Of course that happens because at the most course. pivotal time of the season. Of oh course. God. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, still got a few more against the Rockies <laughs> to go. So <laughs> cricket. Time for redemption. I mean, it's so stupid. Just like, I feel like when the Rockies are at Coors Field, I know that they have that humidifier thing or whatever. I know that they have, just like, it's, I know that they're terrible, but it just feels like they're just so much better. They have home, like, I don't think there's a bigger home field advantage in baseball than Coors Field. Right. I looked at it after the game and, uh, the Cubs are under 500 when they're playing at Coors, but when they're playing the Rockies at home, they're like eight games above. Yeah, see, it's yeah. just the Rockies are terrible, and the Cubs, and you know, yeah. even though we lost two out of three to them at Coors, they should beat them in a few days. Here, they're going to play the Diamondbacks, and that's yeah. going to be a big series. And then they're going to play the, I believe, then they're going to play the Pirates then, and then Rockies. And then, yeah, okay. The Pirates and then the Rockies, and they should beat them because the Rockies suck. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's maddening. Without Coors Field, I feel like the Rockies would be just like any other bad team. But they got Coors. Yeah, they I hate. I hate playing there. Hate it. It's like yeah, I don't get why the Cubs always fold when they play on the road there, but. Well, it I mean, it's a big just, adjustment, especially just for a little bit, but it's still yeah. Just I mean, sucks. think about 
think about back in 2007 when the Padres and Rockies were matched up in game 163. Trevor Hoffman, the second greatest closer of all time and the first closer ever to get to 600 saves, blew a three-run save in the ninth inning there. Or was it – it might have been like the tenth inning or something. But it's ridiculous. Like, that doesn't happen in San Diego. It's not it's – right. uh, it's like playing baseball with a tennis ball sometimes. It's unfair. Feels unfair, yeah, even though – Pretty, pretty good comparison. I could go on and on. Tennis ball, metal bat. Yeah, I mean, it just madden, maddening. I don't know. And now, the beginning of the back series did not get off to a good start at all. Um, no, in fact, it got off to a pretty horrible fucking start. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Marcus Stroman got activated before this game, and he pitched, and he did well out of the bullpen. Um, and Justin Steele gave up two three-run homers, and I, I, you know, I'm looking at this this ledge here in front of me, and it doesn't look so bad. It looks looks pretty attractive right about now. The Cubs are about to commit one of the biggest September collapses in recent memory. They were up by three games with 17 left to play, which would match the 2008 New York Mets for September collapses. Yeah, they are, they are about to die. I am about to go into the winter time and into the offseason having to talk about and discuss the Cubs collapsing in September in a year where the Cardinals finished in last and then in a year where the Cubs were not supposed to be good and were better than they actually were, none of that will matter because the Cubs are about to finish with a four and ten record in their next fourteen games. And my prediction of an eighty-two and eighty record finishing in third place with no playoffs will become exactly true. However, it will become true in the most painful way possible. Yeah, you would think that with Justin Steele on the mound, the Cubs would actually have a chance to win, but they didn't. Because they don't, and because it's over. We'll and I want to die. Worst game of the year, right now. And Kyle Hendricks is going to get bombed tomorrow. He's going to give up like three home runs. Then in the last game, Jordan Wicks is going to, of course, suffer his first career loss because he's been too good for too long now. And reality has to hit every Cub player in the face, no matter when they play or how they play, just the same way it did with Mike Talkman. And no performance can ever go on without it being terrible at the wrong time if you're a Cubs player. So in a year where the Cubs have a top-five farm system and are better than they were expected to be and did something that no Cubs team has ever done in the past, which is go from 10 games under 500 to 10 games over 500, they are going to collapse. And that is going to be the main story of this year. I cannot fucking believe this. And you know what's even worse? It will likely be Milwaukee that will eliminate us from the postseason race on the second to last day or last day of the season because this race is so close. Yeah, that... Jesus. Yeah, that would all uh, be worst case, but as we know, being Cub fans, worst case is definitely possible. I said like a week ago, I was like, you know what? Here we come. We're going to do this. And ever since then, the Cubs have actually, when the Cubs were a game and a half out of first place, 
I said, here we come. The Cubs are coming. And then they proceeded to go two and five and lose six of their next eight games. Since then, I believed in the Cubs for the first time in over two years. For the first time this year, I was like, you know what? The team is good. We're going to win. And we swept the Giants, and I was happy. And then, as soon as I said that, as soon as I started believing, as soon as I started finally maybe start to try to enjoy myself instead of always seeing something good happen to my favorite team and thinking to myself, well, I can't enjoy this because something bad will inevitably happen, which it hasn't this year so far until now, because I started to believe, and that is when it started to go downhill. So I guess I just have to live in fear until the Cubs actually win the World Series again, which will never happen because something bad always happens to the Cubs in the regular season to prevent them from getting there. Yeah, that's we we always play better when we're not confident, which I don't understand at all, but hell with it. Pain. I have nothing else to say. We are definitely losing tomorrow and we are definitely losing the next day, and then Pittsburgh is a toss up at this point. Fucking pathetic ass team. Yeah, of course, Steele has his worst game of the year tonight. And, of course, as well, they have another fake rally. They hit three homers and score four in the bottom of the – or the top of the ninth inning. Made it six to four. And Which means that if the second three-run homer hadn't happened, the Cubs actually would have won. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But, of course, had to give fucking hanging slider down the middle – Lefty lefty to a 700 OPS hitter. That's Cub. I fucking hate my fucking time following this fucking team. Ever since I started my fan page, everything has been downhill. Started my page in 2019, which was the first time that they missed the playoffs since 2014, and they missed it in grueling fashion, losing nine games in a row at the end of September. Then COVID happened. Then they traded everyone. Then the year of 2022 was just terrible in general. And now we have this year where it's actually fun to, act, to post and follow the team. And they're about to do it to me again. I swear, if I ended the page this offseason, the Cubs would actually win the World Series the next year. It just seems like that. It seems like if I get too close to the sun, it burns me or something like that. It just... It's... <laughs> I just want to follow my team. I just want to be in the position that other fan bases are in. Like, how great is it to be a Braves fan and just go into every game and think, well, we're going to win and then have no qualms about jinxing your team because you're going to win. I just want to be able to, like, cheer for my team. I don't really cheer. Like, I cheer for the Cubs to win the game, and then as soon as they win, I'm always like, well, we have to win tomorrow. I don't get to enjoy anything. I would just like to once enjoy some of these wins. Accurate, it's actually. over. Uh, there's two more games left to be played, but it's questionable at this point. You you have to win them. There's no way around it. You have to win. You either have to win these next two or take one of them and sweep either the Rockies or the Pirates. There's, it has to go that way while winning the other series as well. Yeah, well, that's not that's not happening. 
one can hope. None of that's happening. Here's what's going to happen. The Cubs are going to lose one of the next two games. Then they're going to go home. They're going to split with Pittsburgh. Then they're going to play Colorado and probably lose. Pittsburgh is four they, games. They, they, I thought it was three. Yeah, Pittsburgh's four games. Oh, God. Oh, God. They're going to split with Pittsburgh, and then the three-game series against Colorado, I I, I know that they're going to they, – they might win two out of three, but it's going to be hard. And they're going to play Atlanta, get walked off at least once, then Milwaukee will eliminate them oh, on my birthday. It is three against Pittsburgh. Oh, it is. Okay, well, then they'll, they'll, they'll take two out of three. And then they'll hang around in it just long enough, and then Milwaukee will eliminate the Cubs on September 30th on my birthday. Mean, making the next game meaningless. And the Cubs will miss the playoffs again. So I guess I'm predicting the Cubs. Let's see. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm. I guess I'm predicting the Cubs to lose eight games of their next. How many games do we have left? Fourteen. So I guess I'm predicting six and eight finish. Eighty-four and seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. I still think it's possible to get eight wins and get 86 wins, which would probably lead to a playoff berth, but you just have to start winning. Just saying it's over. (sighs) It's just not going to happen. They're just not going to do it. And you know what's worse? The whole year I've sat here and I've said to myself, like, before the trade deadline, I've said, well, you know, you know what? Even before that, when the Cubs were twenty-six and thirty-six, and I saw that they had had a team meeting after getting swept by the Angels, I said, "Well, they're not going to improve." And then they did. And then heading into the trade deadline, someone said, "Like, well, the Cubs need to rattle off a lot of wins in order to not be sellers." And I thought, "Well, that's not going to happen." And then it did. And then, of course, I was at that White Sox game where they came back and Christopher Morrell hit a walk-off three-run homer, and I thought. Well, they're not going to win that game, and they did. And so they've proven me wrong at almost every point this year. And right when we need them the most, they're going to prove me right. Just like always. And David Ross, if you think, even for a minute, that David Ross is somehow manager of the year or is somehow a good manager or that he has helped the Cubs into this position, I laugh at you. Because the Cubs are here in spite of David Ross, not because of him. Craig Council has the best record in one-run games in Major League Baseball history. Do you want to know what David Ross's record is in one-run games? I don't even know what it is, but I can almost say with certainty it's not very good. Yeah, I, I highly doubt it is. And then after this, I have to watch the Bears. I have to kill myself again. I I can't believe this is happening. Again, just such a predictable end. Of course this is happening. Just win a few games and you're in the playoffs. But they can't even do it. And if they win and go on a long winning streak, there will be no one that will be happier than me. 
And I will gladly admit that I was wrong. But until then, it's over. And we have two more games, and Kyle Hendricks is pitching tomorrow, and Jordan Wicks is pitching the next day. And I can't fucking wait to lose 9-3 to tomorrow, and in all likelihood, 6-2 to in game three. I can't wait. It'll be great. Can't wait to watch Pete Carl Armstrong not even play in all likelihood. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean you have to play you have to at least play him in Arizona with the, that big outfield. It, but they won't. Yeah, but they won't. Anyways, I guess we should name off our player of the week. Whatever that may be. <sighs> I I can't. Who who do you think is the player of the week? Uh, probably Seiya Suzuki. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, Seiya Suzuki. All right, it's over. Yeah, I, I think that's. I don't think we have anything else. We just have to. I can't wait to listen to myself talk like this. Sorry. This is what, like, four years of covering the team during just painful times will do to you. Just. It's been quite a ride. Not over either. Gotta come back and do this shit again next year. Wonderful. Well, I have nothing else to add other than please win tomorrow. Please, dear God, for all that is good and holy, please just win like seven of your next 14 games and I bet you'll make the playoffs. Just go 500! Which is what I basically predicted you to do. Just. It's not that hard. Rule of averages. Just be average. And then you'll make it. Yeah. They're making it look a lot harder than it should be. Just win. Just win. Take care of business. Please. Please, I just, I want to see my team in the playoffs, in the real playoffs. And I want to be able to talk about that. I don't want this to all be for nothing. All these things that have happened that I've been so happy about this year. I don't want to look back on this year the same way I look at 2018. Every time I watch highlights from that 2018 season, I always think about how it ended. Every time. Doesn't matter what highlight it is. I always think it was all for nothing. Because in the end, they didn't win when it mattered. Please, just make the playoffs. Please. Don't let this all go. Please. This is the most fun I've had covering the Cubs in like five or six years. Just, yeah. Please. I'm begging them. It's nerve-wracking for sure. 
I have nothing else to add. Yeah, I think we pretty much got it all covered. Um, so I guess that's it. I think I'll end this episode. Yeah, well, hopefully a week from today we're sitting here and we're saying, ah, the Cubs, they are firmly in the second wild card spot. They're three games up and magic number to clinch is something like five. And they, they're about to go into the playoffs. Yeah. I would love that. I, I, there's nothing more I want than to just talk about the 2023 Cubs going to the playoffs. I would love to talk about that so much. Oh, God. It'd be great. The Cardinals finish in last, and the Cubs go to the postseason. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Never have I ever play that game, and that will come up. Never have I ever heard of that happening. When was the last time that happened? Probably like the 1970s or something, or the 19... 19- I, I honestly, I'm not sure if that's ever happened. But it's not there yet. And they just have to win. And I have already said this. So why don't we just end this episode and pray for the best. Right. Uh, so that's it. Uh, hopefully we have a better episode next week. But till then, goodbye. Goodbye, guys.